Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 22. Wait, this might be 24. This is 24. I already screwed that up. Um, I'm your host, Bree, at Breezy. We're just going to go with it. And I'm joined by, we are live tonight. I've got Miss Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View Hybrid. Hello. And Meredith is also with us live at MCAN Sports. Hi, Mare. Hi. All right, so we were just alluding to this, but for whatever we, for whatever reason, this week has been crazy i think in all aspects of our lives so i first want to ask you guys how are you guys doing what's going on can you answer that publicly can this be on on record actually (laughs) do you need to mute your mic (laughs) it feels like everyone's going through something right now am i wrong you're not wrong just like everyone is just like burnt out and kind of grumpy I don't know what it is. Is, so, is the retrograde thing happening? Like the Mercury and Gatorade or whatever? <laughs> Gatorade, the Mercury the thing. Gatorade. So, so I think what it is, is that we have been in quarantine shutdown mode for so long. And then all of a sudden, it's like, no masks, everything is open. And I don't think we were prepared. Like, I felt like, you know, the shutdowns and everything happened really, really slowly until they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we're all being forced back into normal society. And I don't think anyone is mentally prepared for it. And I, I truly think that has to do with a lot of it. I actually miss the beginning of quarantine when all the pressure was off and nobody was allowed to do anything. And everyone was just sort of chill with staying at home and being safe. Like that was awesome looking back on it. <laughs> and I know the circumstances are terrible, but like looking back, I'm just like, man, that was kind of nice. Remember when we all like, all five of us, the three of us, and then Angela and Jenna all started tweeting at each other for what was it? The um, Love is Blind yes, finale. Yes. And we just, like, there was nothing else going on. So we all, like, started our Netflixes at the same time and they tweeted were, hey, about hey. the show with each other. There was I something very days. sweet about, like, that specific time. And then now here we are, and nobody knows how to behave anymore. <laughs> I will say I was off the cusp for a good, I don't know, like four days or so. Um, I was checking in here or there, but I wasn't really like reading my timeline at all on social media. Um, And I, so we had a foster care placement for just a few days. um, And I went from two kids to three kids, which I totally underestimated um, man to man going to zone. Um, defense because you know little dude is he's like a kid and a half honestly with what he requires but I was just so busy and then I would get to nighttime and I was so exhausted I would just pass out I I I do enjoy reading reddit at nighttime so I was I was choosing reddit over twitter to be honest with you and then I got back on to twitter yesterday really and then today and I was like holy crap like how long has this been going on I can't. It's, people keep asking me, like, what's the toilet talk about? I'm like, I, it's too stupid to even I, I I'm not nothing. even doing it. <laughs> there are some things that are just too stupid to even talk about, and that's just one of them. I can't. Okay. Well, what's your favorite subreddit, Bree? Like, um, okay, so I'm in a few. This is going to sound like really weird and bizarre. Well, oh, no. Like, I, so I have a group of guys <laughs> that I hike with, and they 
judge everyone based on which subreddits you subscribe okay. to. Okay. <laughs> so I am obviously in Browns. I'm in Indians and Cavs, like my, the Cleveland Reddit boards. And I'm just an observer. I don't really comment on those at all. Um, and then I'm in an IBD one for my autoimmune disease, where it's pretty much people just commenting about symptoms and wanting to be diagnosed on the internet. So that's always an interesting one. Um, and then I also frequent, there's a foster parent one that I'm in, an adoption one that I'm in. And then I used to be obsessed with Jesse James Decker. And then like one day I found out she was like a huge fraud. And there's this entire Reddit board about her and her family drama. And it is like my favorite Board that ever Ooh, exists. I so, need to go find that Reddit board. That's I will incredible. send it to you. I will yes. send it to you. Very yes. entertaining. I love it. Um, so yeah, that was my last four days. I'm still trying to catch up on sleep. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> uh, sleep is a little overrated, but we have a fun show otherwise. We're gonna get into even more topics of conversation. We have some Browns things to get into. Uh, Brittany was on a couple of shows earlier this week. And then we all three, the three of us joined a really fun show last night where we did our way too early season predictions for the Browns. So I want to just touch on that for our listeners um, so that you guys, if you guys want to listen to that in full, you can go ahead and go find that. It was on the Orange and Oranger podcast. So that is out there and live, but we'll recap what we talked about. Um, but first, I wanted to bring up our favorite ad read of all time, and that is Manscaped and the new product that they have out there, which is the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. You know what? I don't think I've done a live ad read since the Lawnmower 4.0 has been no. released. So, no, you guys that are watching this, this is a treat for you because Brittany laughs the entire time on mute <laughs> and I have to hold it together the entire time. But Manscaped, we love them. Um, men love them. Two million men worldwide, in fact, trust Manscaped. And we have an exclusive offer with That's What B Said for 20% off and free shipping using the code FANSIDED20. So the Lawnmower 4.0, we talked about this. You want to take care of your family jewels, right? When you're getting after those pubes, you want to make sure <laughs> that you take good care of them. So the Lawnmower 4.0 has the ceramic blade and has skin safe technology. If you didn't know this, Manscaped actually worked with Elon Musk's engineers to ensure that your testes are as safe as possible. The other functions that we love about the Lawnscaper the lawnscaper the lawnmower 4.0 is it's travel friendly the wireless charger and then it has a 4000k led spotlight so that you don't miss any of your hairs so again uh just as a reminder we have an exclusive code for you it's 20 percent off plus free shipping using code fansided20 and you can go get that at manscaped.com happy trimming men and women Brie, I'm a little disappointed in you. What? what because did, what did do? the very first more? line, the very first line of that ad read says something very specific, and this is the second week in a row you haven't read it. What is it? Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> this is your pubic service announcement. <laughs> I literally just got that sent public. I was like, that's so weird. I am sorry, Manscaped. That is actually great. I, I have let waiting. them down. I was waiting for your pubic service announcement. Pubes. Oh my god. Pubes is so funny, just in general. Pubes. As soon as you said it, I just lost it. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
You know, I, I mentioned last week that my parents listen to this show and my mom listens every Saturday morning. She goes on runs and, she, you know, she came over this weekend and she's like, I listened to your show on Saturday. And I was just waiting for some sort of pube lawnmower manscaped talk. But she didn't. She brought up the Meredith. She was like, I didn't agree with Meredith on the gatekeeping. <laughs> I was like, really? oh, I thought you were going to bring up pubes. So I'm I'm fine with that. Really? What did she disagree about? I want to know. I don't, I'll have to ask her again because I literally was so distracted that I was I just totally was like preparing myself for like the lawnscape or the the lawnmower <laughs> conversation that I kind of zoned out a bit. I feel like my mom was more so along the lines of like she's a boomer browns. So it's like we've lived through so much. And until you've experienced that, you never understand. <laughs> I think that's her take, but I'll have her confirm. I just, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so hi, mom. I hope you're enjoying your run. Um, okay, so let's get into, should we kick off with, let's kick off with a couple of the podcasts we had the pleasure of joining earlier this week. So Brittany um, on Sunday got to join um, a podcast and it was the not the same old Browns podcast with Andy, our good friends, Andy and Caitlin. And they ended up ranking the sexiest Browns players of all time. And I'm so bummed that I missed this because I was literally passed out on Sunday, but Brittany wanted to bring this up to Meredith and I so that we could go through our ranking because she said it was just hilarious and a blast. And I think this should be a revisited conversation. And before we get into this, I have to clarify, this is sexiest as in like looks, correct? It's like, like everything, like okay. just general sex appeal. So okay. like so whatever my you list, define. yeah, my list wasn't totally like you know like miles garrett like you know what i mean (laughs) like it wasn't that it was like i can't wait that special thing that a man has is just like oh that's it you know like you guys know what i'm talking about yeah sex this was with andy and caitlin like yeah so so andy the straight guy and caitlin who doesn't like men love this that's even better sitting there doing this it was so much fun Okay, so for our listeners, go ahead and go listen, go find that podcast, download it, listen to it. But we're going to give you, we're going to take that idea. And Brittany wants to hear from Meredith and I what our list is. But Brittany, first, can Mm -hmm. you tell everyone, can you go through your list and explain how you got to your five, top five, right? Yeah, absolutely. So my number five, does anyone want to guess? Let's do that. You guys can guess. Oh, gosh. You're not going to get get number five. There's only, only two. Okay, person. there's there's two current Browns that are on this list. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is Miles Garrett anywhere on the list? Miles Garrett did not make my top five now. Wow. Which I know sounds like a crime. Because Miles Garrett literally has every single it factor. I know, but like, in are you getting away your list guy. already, Meredith? No, no. There is only one person on my list, and I feel like you guys are gonna know who he is. I hope it's good. Oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. As the realization just hit her. <gasps> okay. Okay, Brittany. I, I only, and Angie's in the comments right now saying Brady Quinn. I, I, ha, I 100% know Brady Quinn is on your list. Is Deshaun Kaiser also on your list? He's not. And I explained oh, why, because we were talking about this on the show. And I was like, he. I think of him more of like a son as like, you know, a little baby guy. 
So even though he's like, you know, a massive tank, there's not like the sex appeal. Like I can't think of Colin okay. Sexton as like sexy, you know? Okay. There's just like babies and then there's men. Okay. Yeah. I, I need the, you to the reveal two... the list. I'm, I am so curious. So number five coming in. This is not a recent one. We're going all the way back to 2007-era-ish. It's not Brady Quinn. Number five is Braylon Edwards. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Just, you know, he had that smile and that, like, sort of attitude that he was, like, better than everyone, which he was at the time sometimes. So, yeah, Braylon Edwards, number five. Number four, this is going to blow your mind. I don't know if you'll remember him, Meredith, because you haven't been a Browns fan for that long. You'll remember this guy. Do you remember Dennis Northcutt? Yes, 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 yes. That's my number four. That's a good one. Right? Okay. I I actually kind of forgot about him until you said that. Yes. My number three was, or is currently, this is where the current guys start. Number three is Kadero Hodge, who I think is so severely underrated. That's a good one. His skin is perfect. It is. I want that routine. Drop the skincare routine. Okay, number two. <laughs> number two is Baker because he Ooh, has just everything. Bake. And I explained. Aww. I said the thing that made him sexy to me was when he shotgunned the beer and then like bit it with his. <laughs> that was it. In that <laughs> moment, I was done. <laughs> I was done for. That's all he had to do. So he's number two. And number one, of course, Angie is Brady, Brady Quinn, Quinn. Because why wouldn't he be? God. I can't think Yes. Of that's, so yeah, that's my list. Good list. Really good list. I actually might have some shockers on mine too. I don't know if you guys are going to be able to guess either, but Meredith, should you, do you want to go? Are yours, okay. Are yours all current players? Because I actually think we could have made this be current players top five and then players from the Browns past. So, well, my number one is not a current player. He only played four games, I think, for the Browns. She um, only has one player, and we all know who this player is. I don't know how, like, we... Why do I not know, know this? It's one who player Who is the on player the- that she always talks about on the Browns? He's not playing anymore. Um. Oh, my gosh. Duh. Tara Taylor. <laughs> Duh. Tara Taylor. I did not get that. I'm sorry. I can't um, believe that. Well, actually, no, there are a few other Browns that I would say have some it factors like i definitely think joe thomas has i literally, I literally was gonna say wyatt teller <laughs> which i love wyatt teller he's adorable so carly his wife and i follow each other on twitter and i don't want her to get mad at me so no, okay <laughs> simply you're not going after him let's just be That's clear true. you're That's not true. actually physically going um, after these men but yeah like when we're talking about so i think the only current brown that i would have on my list um would probably be david njoku um That's a good i think one. Former Browns, I would say Joe Thomas has an it factor. And honestly, I think I would put Joe Hayden on that list too, just because he did so much for the city of Cleveland. And just like that community aspect is like, that Mm -hmm. just, that gives him so many points. And like, he was very sad to leave. Like, and I don't blame him for going to Pittsburgh. Like he had to. Um, But yeah, I mean, I would say that, that those would probably be my five. Is that five? Tyra, Njoku? No, that was only four. Um, Miles Garrett. <laughs> I mean, that's like a no. There you go. There you go. Okay. So again, I could have had five from like the current Browns. Yes. Um, oh my god. On this list. So you I have like I, the entire offensive line. 
<laughs> You're so weird. <laughs> or just the offense. Right? Just the entire was, That was oddly specific. <laughs> Meredith has a very specific type. Clearly. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I have one current player on my list. And I have two guys with the same first name. Is That's it a Joe hint. and Joe? Like the way, because I had no. a Joe and Joe. No Joe and Joe? Um, two guys with the same first name. And this is current or former? Former. Former. They're both former? Yes. I give up. Okay. I have his jersey. <laughs> I, I was like making my list. I'm like, I own most of these players' jerseys, if that tells you anything. Um, Jordan Cameron loved him. That was both of their number ones. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't listened yes. yet. It's on my docket for my, I have to commute into the office tomorrow. So it's on my Do you know that he's tomorrow. like the, the baby dad for Tiger Woods' ex-wife? No. Yeah. Oh. I found that out when I was doing my research. I was like, damn, I don't remember him being that cute. And then I looked, I was like, oh yeah, he was. Yeah, he was, he's adorable. He's, he was good. So my other Jordan, still playing in the NFL, Jordan Poyer. You know Jordan Poyer? Um, I don't even remember him. I don't he remember is dating. Either. He plays for the Bills now. Um, he is dating that Rachel Bush girl. She's like Insta oh, Instagram yeah. model. Is very cute. That's a good show. Wait, model. wasn't she on one of those teen shows in the 2000s? Rachel Bush? I don't oh, think I so. She's so only like, she's only like 20. She's like turned 21. I don't oh, know. Oh, I think I was thinking young. Sophia Bush. She was on like the OC oh, so, yes, or something. Yeah. She was on One Tree Hill, Sophia Bush. Oh, okay. Sorry. They're all the same to me. Um, I also had Brady Quinn on my list because my dog is named Brady after Brady <laughs> Quinn. I also own a Brady Quinn jersey, and I also thought I was going to marry him when I was at Ohio State because he's from Dublin, Ohio, and I used to go to Bonefish Grill and think that he would be there and fall in love with me. <laughs> so, did I ever tell you guys about my cousin who named her child uh, Brady after Brady Quinn? I mean, she like she's, that child she's is thirteen a, now, right? <laughs> Yes. Yes. Brady he's a teenager. 13. But like, also, I think she's trying to deny it. Like she's legitimately trying to deny it. Like she's like, no, I just, I really like the name Brady. I think it's a great name. And I was like, you told us very specifically you wanted to name your child after Brady Quinn and you chose Brady. Like, don't like, she's trying to deny it now. I think she was <laughs> like embarrassed by it. I'm like, mm -mm. like you gave a human that life like and that name and now you have to live with it yeah my husband just says that our dog is named after tom brady because obviously my <laughs> husband's a michigan fan so i'm like no it's pretty quinn like stop <laughs> how dare you um <laughs> also on my list who this is an adorable human and i love him and i still love him andrew hawkins <gasps> yes. Yes. oh my god andrew one. hawkins is such a he's so he's, cute yes. he's hilarious too hilarious oh hilarious. my god he might be like one of the funniest people i've ever met he is great twitter follow so too. funny yeah um and then number one on my list current browns player it's gotta be obj right it's obj i like he be. is perfect it's it's like perfect one perfect. of my coworkers asked me about that once because i he we were talking about obj and i kind of went and he was like, what, wait, what, what was that? <laughs> and he was like, he was like, wait, is OBJ hot? Are women? I was like, yes. 
Yes. Yes. Very much so. Yes. Very much. Like, Very much. <laughs> he's like, do women lust after? Yes. Yes, sir. Lust. They sure I do. So gross. <laughs> but yeah, I had to tell my coworker that and he was shocked by it. I was like, no, no, like women like OBJ. Trust me. Yes, yes we do. <laughs> miss him on IG. We miss mm-hmm. you, buddy. Oh gosh. Yes, we do. Um, all right. Well, this is a great transition segment into our record. You know, it all goes hand in hand. Um, but we also went on a podcast, The Oranges Oranger, last night. The three of us joined and we gave our early season predictions. So I just wanted to recap for our listeners. Um, you know, the last time we recorded last week, it was pre the schedule release. So we didn't have a chance to break down the schedule, who they were playing, if we felt like based on how the games were falling, if that changed our point of views on wins and losses. Um, well, last night we had the opportunity to go through that together. And Brittany ended up, her early season prediction is 14 and three. Is that right, Britt? Yes, 14, 14 and three. And three. Um, I believe your losses were Baltimore, Kansas City, and Minnesota. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Meredith and I, we landed at 12 and five. Same same record, same ending, um, which is obviously an improvement to, to last year's season. Um, and honestly, I had them winning against Kansas City. I don't even know who they're going to lose to. <laughs> I like, literally was like, Who's a, who are the five <laughs> losses going to be? Because I have them winning against everyone. So how does that work? So one of the things that I actually I heard, um, and this is like one of the expert opinions is that they were saying that every single game on the Brown schedule is winnable. Like they're not going to go 17 and 0, but you can make a case for every single game and why they would win it. And Joey agrees. Joey <laughs> <laughs> All the comments. She really just wanted to be on this. <laughs> she went right into the microphone too. <laughs> Um, no, it's a very, I think that's a really good point, Meredith. Um, I, I honestly think that it is every single game on the schedule is winnable. And there are some unfavorable times, I guess, and like weird instances where there's a short time in between games. Like um, when we play, it's the Denver game and... Um, Who's the game that we play before them? Because Denver's Thursday night. We play someone on Sunday at four oh five. Is it is it Arizona? So there's like weird. So. There's Prior weird to Denver. Yeah, I believe that's. I believe it's Arizona Denver. I could pull it um, up. Yeah, no, it yeah, it's uh, Chargers, Cardinals, Broncos for five, six, and seven. Okay, and then obviously you have the Ravens game by week. Ravens um, again, which I know a lot of people were complaining about that. I think the Ravens are worse off than the Browns are because they have to go play the Steelers in between. Yeah, so I, yeah. I know like the schedule gods, like everyone's saying that we got screwed, but I think the Ravens actually that's worse for them. That's going to be a, like the end of the season is going to be a really fun stretch of games because it's going to be all divisional games. Oh, I know is that, that, that makes me stressed out. Is there, is there one game you're looking forward to the most now that you know times and dates, or is there anything that makes you nervous about the schedule so, now? Well, this when we were on Chase's podcast yesterday, I'm really excited for week eight. That is the home game against the Steelers on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that no matter what's going on, for the Browns up to that point, I think it's going to be a momentum shift and a turning point for the better 
for the Browns. And I think it's going to be a turning point for the worst for the Steelers. Like I think that week eight is going to be so pivotal. And I think it's going to be a great game. Like the fact that it's on Halloween and it's at home. Like I just, I love everything about that game. I'm so excited for that game. Are you dressing up? I know you'll be working, but are you going to be in costume? Um, I might, I've done it before. <laughs> I, I might be the only person who does do because everyone I work with like <laughs> nobody works with that has a sense of humor that kind of sense of humor I would dress up sure what would you what would you go as in the studio Ooh, I'm trying to think um if I wanted to go all out I don't think I still have the parts for it but my favorite costume that I've ever done was me so the favorite costume I've ever done was uh, Mia Wallace from Pulp Fiction. And like that one very specific scene where she ODs on heroin and gets a shot oh of adrenaline God. to her heart. So when I did that, like I actually had um, like a syringe and I had some, like I was in college when I didn't, I had some friends from the theater department help me out. And so we had this like flesh over the syringe and like we oh put it on God. my chest with like, like set, like, like SFX makeup. And I had like blood all over my face. Like it was a great costume. It was so good. I literally thought you were going to be like, I'll just put on cat ears. <laughs> you were literally like, I need parts. I need the parts. No, like the parts would be like the wig because she has like a short like bob with bangs. And then, yeah, the um the the, the main piece, which is the the syringe with the SFX makeup and blood everywhere. Ooh, and Perfect. Creepy. I hope you do that. I really hope you do that. And I hope you take photos. Oh, my God. I would literally be the only person dressed up if I did that. <laughs> um Brittany what about you any games you're looking forward to the most or any ones that you are nervous about already I told you earlier I was like I'm already in Halloween mode and that's that's why like I just want it to be Halloween Sunday so that the Browns are playing the Steelers and because number one that's my favorite holiday so I'm already yeah. like super excited about it now it adds something else to it which I just love so I'm gonna watch Halloween movies all day watch the, the Browns and Steelers I'm not super ex like I hate the fact that it's taking them so long to get into playing uh, the division. Yeah, that's the part of the schedule that probably bothers me the most is that they it's what is it like week eight? Yeah, I think that might be the first divisional game. Is that I mean that's uh, insane. So yeah, like the the second half of the schedule is going to be kind of like you know you play the the Steelers twice, play the uh, Bengals twice, Ravens. Yeah. I think they're going to split. But, you know, I don't think they'll have a problem with the Bengals and Steelers, so I think they're safe with that. Um, but, yeah, like, Halloween I'm looking forward to. Christmas is going to be a fun game. I think, you know, we don't have to pretend to to watch the NBA on Christmas. We can watch the Browns. <laughs> don't have to worry about the cat. Like, it's, it's, it's a great time. It's a great time to be a Browns fan right now. Yeah, the Christmas um, day game was interesting. Um, I was actually hoping I've been hoping that the Browns would be playing on Thanksgiving for so long. Like I was hoping yeah. that that would be a game that we got in 2019, which thank goodness we didn't. We were on the national stage oh God, on Thanksgiving yeah. for that season. But I was hoping that we would get a Thanksgiving game this year. But I mean, we got Christmas Day. I I think it's bizarre. I, I think it's a little weird that NFL is on Christmas. I, I'm not mad about it, but I, I always have like enjoyed watching the NBA on Christmas. Um, but yeah, I guess for what, 4.30, it'll be Browns. Um, my kids will still be hyped up, ready to go wrapping presents. So I guess I'll have that to look forward to. And it'll then just add, time. yeah, just add on the commotion of a Browns game happening in the background. So that'll be great. It'll be it. a great excuse for me to blow off my family. That'll be like, hey, are you off on Christmas? Nope. Nope, I'm working. <laughs> Sorry, guys, working. I know, I know. It's tough for everyone that 
is working has to work on that day obviously yeah but i mean like that's just kind of like what it is in sports um and this is what i always tell young people who ask for advice or anything like that is i always tell them that you need to be prepared to work nights and weekends and holidays like those are Mm -hmm. some like those are the biggest times for sports like yeah you know, if you want to work in sports, if you want to have a career and a job in sports, you need to be prepared to work holidays, major holidays. You need to be prepared to work nights and weekends, and you have to be prepared to just be really, really busy while everyone else is partying. That's just the nature of the job. And if you can't handle it, then, you know, you're not cut out for this business. So can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this, I guess this is a good segue into the Battle of Brown's Twitter. We we mentioned it oh earlier God. in the show. Um, but you you you're making me just think about there's this like interesting phenomenon happening in I don't know if it's just Brown's Twitter, if it's Cleveland Twitter, what I don't know what's happening on Twitter specifically. I mean, Twitter is an opinion-based forum, right? People go on there and just type out their thoughts, whatever, interactions, whatever. But it's gotten to a really interesting place where everyone is battling with everyone else because of people having podcasts and there's people upset that there are podcasts out there and there's a million Browns podcasts out there. We, I wonder if the Cleveland Browns, like, is this football team, do they have the most yes. podcasts? <laughs> yes. You don't I, even I need to say, in the end, like, like, I don't even, how do you find that out? I don't know if that's true or not, but it, it's gotta be up there. I mean, so I've worked in multiple markets. Now, granted, when I first started out, podcasts like weren't as big. Like I remember a bunch of people had podcasts when I was in college, but it wasn't really a huge thing. It wasn't as accessible to be able to start a podcast. I think that's part of it is that it's so easy to start a podcast now. Um, You know, it's, you know, one of those things that, that anyone and everyone can do, but I, I mean, I, I, I'm very entrenched in both like Washington DC based Twitter, because that's where I'm from. And also Nashville Twitter, because I worked there for a year and like, I could not name a single Titans podcast that's done by fans. I could name maybe one Washington football podcast that is done by fans, but I would say I've never seen. And like, I mean, and I'm pretty plugged into, you know, major markets across the country. And I have never in my life seen a single team with more fan base podcasts than the Browns. And I was shocked when I moved here. I've been in Cleveland for four years. So this isn't a new thing. This is something that I noticed like four years ago when I first moved here, I was like, holy crap, (laughs) so many just podcasts. So yeah, I would, I don't think there is a contest. I think the Browns probably have the most like fan-based podcasts out of any NFL team, probably out of any sports team in the country. Yeah, that's what I would say too. And like to each their own, like if you'd want to do a podcast, great, go do a podcast. I mm-hmm. just want to bring up something that Brittany, you tweeted out today where, you know, we we as Browns fans do have a ton of content out there, which is great. Like I love seeing people that are passionate about things go figure out and share their passion with other people. And we've done the same thing. However, we recognized that we were also very passionate female sports fans, specifically about Cleveland and our Cleveland teams. And we all got together and said, we don't feel like our voices are represented. Like we don't hear 
people like us on the radio or on other podcasts. Like it just didn't exist a few years ago. And unfortunately, these people that are mad about all the podcasts that are out there specifically targeted the female content creators. And Brittany, I wanted you to just bring this up because I thought you just so perfectly worded a response to this and specifically about why this is so frustrating for us specifically. Well, I think the thing that that bothers me the most is that, you know, you turn on, uh, you know, the radio stations and this is no, I'm not trying to like, you know, point fingers and be like, oh, radio. No, like there's a lot of, there's so much talent, you know, in Cleveland media, whether it be radio, writing, whatever. But there just wasn't, women just aren't represented. And it's unfortunate because we have a fan base that's full of like knowledgeable, passionate women. And you want the the community around the football team and, you know, the Indians, Cavs, whatever, you want that to reflect that. I don't think that's asking too much. And today when I saw that tweet and it's like, you know, the female podcasts are uh, too much and it's embarrassing. Like, why, why do you have to single out the only two female podcasts that exist and say, this is embarrassing. What you guys are doing is embarrassing. But why? Because we have fun every week on a podcast and we're talking to our friends about sports. Like what, who, who considers that embarrassing? That's what I like. I I've thought of all the people that, you know, have come up to me over the past couple of years uh, like strangers, you know, oh, that's what B said. Like, it, no one has ever said, hey, girl, you're embarrassing. Stop embarrassing yourself. Like, that <laughs> never happens. I just, I read that today and I was like, you know, I, I got a text from my mom when I was on Jake Burns' podcast uh, last week and she was talking about my nieces and how excited they were because, you know, they put it on TV whenever it's, you know, um, live streamed and they get so excited. So, like, young girls don't think this is embarrassing. I know your daughter doesn't think it's embarrassing. Our parents no. don't. Like, there's a I lot of people it's... that there was... We filled a need, I think. And, you know, the fact that anyone would consider this an embarrassing show is almost laughable because we do we laugh a lot. We have a good time, but never once are, do we cross lines or say stupid things like we just come on here and have a good time. And I, I hope that people listen and they have a good time too. Yeah. Also, I can guarantee that the person who tweeted that has probably never listened to our podcast once ever. Right. Um, I can't imagine that they would so, even for like 10 seconds. Yeah. And so like one of the things that really kind of warms my heart a little bit is when we get emails from parents with daughters who yeah. say that they listen to our podcast because for me like I mean I've been working in sports for about 10 years um like I got my first real sports job when I was about 23 or 24 and so I guess maybe closer to like eight years then but the thing is is that when I talk to my colleagues and we talk about like how we got our start and like what our passions are. I cannot count how many times I've heard the story of, oh, I've wanted to do this since I was a little kid. Like I had a colleague who told me about how he would like line up his, like when he was like four years old, would line up his stuffed animals in his bedroom and like do a talk show, a sports talk show to oh. his stuffed animals, you know, at the age of four. And I was like, I didn't even think about getting into sports until I was probably 21 or 22. And it was just because my entire life I've been listening to sports radio and I've been consuming sports content like um, the sports junkies in Washington, DC. I've been listening to them since I was in middle school 
and it just all I heard were ma- like male voices on yeah. on the radio and I would watch ESPN and Sports Center and I would only ever see men on TV then you'd watch the local broadcast and all the sports reporters were men all the sideline reporters were men and so to me it just never like dawned on me that there was a space for me in this industry and so when I finally broke through around 23 or 24 like it's been a struggle and so when I hear of young women listening to us and possibly us inspiring them to go after it like that's the part that gets me choked up because I'm like I didn't have that growing up I didn't have women to look up to when I was little so it got to the point where I didn't even try to get a job in sports until I was an adult so I just, I don't know what's embarrassing about that. I would love to know why that guy thinks that this is embarrassing. Yeah, well, I would also bring up too, and you touched on a little bit, Meredith, but, you know, for as much of the, like, negative stuff that we get or comments like that, that, you know, like, we spend a lot of time putting together this content and we're very thoughtful in our approach and thoughtful in what we do, how we carry ourselves, how we brand ourselves, how we market ourselves, how we post on Twitter. Um, You know, we're not spineless. We stick up for ourselves. um, But we also are very just aware of how we come across. And it's already like hard enough to be taken seriously in this type of platform that we're just very cautious of that. Um, and, And we do know that young girls are watching us and their parents are watching us. And as much as the negativity that that's out there, there is more positivity that we get on a day-to-day basis. And a lot of times it may not be publicly shared, but we'll get DMs, um, we'll get notes here and there, um, emails, really positive emails that just make our day. And someone had messaged me, um, you know, about his daughters and like not really having confidence, I guess, like really kind of struggling with just a a time in her life where, you know, like when you're a teen or like going through that stage, like you kind of start to question things. You start to notice things a little bit more about your peers, how you fit in, how you don't fit in. And he mentioned that he showed her um, our podcast and was like, look at these three women. Like they go on and they talk about sports. And she thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And things like that are like, just make me want to keep going um, and not stop. And then the other one that I got recently was, um, it was a dad and he actually has a son, um, a teenage son. And he he said his teenage son, like made this comment, like girls, like, why are those girls talking about sports? Like, what do they know? And he, he said to him and props to you, dad said to him, like, come take a listen. They know what they're talking about. And he said, he like loved it and absolutely like stayed on and watched us and was like, yeah, like, you're right. Like, girls do know about sports. So even like that perspective of, you know, good on you, dad or mom, um, and, and having your son recognize and change their mindset or perception, because, you know, that's probably just unconscious bias, like right away of like, girls don't know sports. What it like, why would I ever listen to them? Um, and those things are just very encouraging. And, you know, we, I I noticed too, like a DD also like, obviously like, amazing NFL reporter, extremely successful, very well respected. We absolutely adore her. She always like encourages us and um, stands up for us, gives us advice. Um, And she obviously deals with way more than we've ever dealt with um, on that and and on that um, perspective. So um, 
I don't know. It's just we're going to keep doing it. You're going to keep seeing us. We did this all throughout Freddie Kitchen's era. That's when we started. It was not easy um, to to talk about week over week how much of a dumpster fire that team was. And then obviously we did this throughout a pandemic. Like we continued to keep up with everything and we truly enjoy each other's company. So we hope that you guys all appreciate that and enjoy our company as well. Yeah. And if, if I could toot our own horn for like a little bit longer, it's easy to talk about the Browns right now, like growing up. So my dad is originally from Cleveland. So he's a lifelong Cleveland everything fan. Um, and I remember he used to get very pissed off at Steelers fans. Cause there's a lot of Steelers fans in the, in the DC area. A lot of people who are from Pittsburgh, go to school in Pittsburgh or other parts of Pennsylvania wind up coming down to DC to work. And, you know, so my dad would always get the Pittsburgh fans in his face in the office, like all the time. And, you know, he's a Browns fan, even, you know, after, after everything the Browns have been through. And he always said, it's easy to be a Pittsburgh fan because they always win try being a Browns fan. Yeah. And I have heard that from my dad my entire life. Right now, it's easy to be a Browns fan. It's also easy to make content about the Browns because it's a lot more fun and it's a lot easier to make content about a solid, winning, successful team. And we started this before all that. We started this long before Freddie Kitchens. We started this before the pandemic. And like you said, Bree, we kept this up through the pandemic, we talked about the Freddie Kitchens era. So, I mean, just like, I just want to toot our own horns for a little bit for, for going through all that and still being here, you know, cause it, it like I said, it's, it's going to be easy to talk about the Browns right now. Yeah. Yeah. And more fun, obviously, but yeah, I tweeted about this today. And I think like the, if you want to support us and we know that a lot of you do, the best thing that you can do for us is just continue to share our podcast, get our voices out there, download our content, rate and review us, share our tweets. Um, because, you know, we've, we've done this organically. Um, you know, we've, we've built our following pretty organically. Um, we haven't paid for followers. We haven't begged people to follow us. Um, people have found us. They've, they've enjoyed our content and, you know, we are so thankful of that. And, it's tough when you see, you know, it, like we've kind of paved a way, I guess, in a sense. Um, and I'm probably opening up way too much, but it's really tough, like just trying to be a female voice and a voice dominated by men um, and how hard it is to earn a follow um, when it comes to sports take from a man. Yet there are so many other men who will get follows just for the sole fact that they are a man tweeting about sports. So, um, you know, just keep that in mind. We appreciate all of your support. And again, just continuing to share our content, our, our tweets, um, our voices. We do, we do really, really appreciate all of you. All right. Well, enough of the sappy heartfelt stuff. I'm in my feelings this week. Clearly. Yeah. Aren't we I all? Mean, I think I've I cried like four times this week. It's been a, <laughs> it has been a rough few weeks so i yeah in my feelings um what man is gonna share their feelings live on the internet for everyone to hear i'm always in my feelings um well let's talk a little bit more about the browns because andrew barry actually was on um ross tucker's football podcast today i'm not sure if you guys had a chance to catch this um didn't divulge a ton of information we have to have him on our show you know we had his lovely wife miss brittenberry we should get them on together <gasps> that would be incredible that would be so much fun so, and like so here's the thing i you like britain 
would be 100% down. I have a feeling that Andrew would be like, I feel like he would not be like she would she would be pulling him out of his shell yeah. but it doesn't even be about brown stuff like I'm just I'm just I just feel like we need him and her on together yeah. and we can just be radio silent just let them I know <laughs> that would be fun and that's all that is the content that Cleveland is missing is it you know meet the berries yes you know, yes show with Andrew maybe I should edit that part out so people don't steal my idea yeah, there you go. Well, it's live, right. so they they already heard it. <laughs> My bad. Um, so he was on Ross Tucker Football Podcast today. Um, it was about a 15, 20 minute interview. Um, and there were a couple of things that I just wanted to talk about a little bit that he brought up. Um, when it comes to his particular role as a general manager in the NFL, um, he was asked about kind of who he holds as the the ultimate GM who's the best in the NFL. And he actually brought up Howie Roseman, um, who he obviously worked for when he was in Philadelphia. And a couple of key points here that he touched on that honestly, like not surprised at all that he mentioned these three bullet points because this is literally Andrew Barry to a T. He talked about the misperception of GMs just pick players and draft them. Like that is what a GM's role is. Obviously it's a very important part of his role. But he talked about how Howie specifically is smart, good with people, highly strategic, and also knows the scouting and day-to-day operations. And he also then made note of it's really hard to acquire all of those skills and then also be competent in all of them. I thought that was really interesting because we often have talked about like he's football smart and he's like book smart slash analytical smart. So he has that like really nice balance of, of all of those things in one. Not sure if you guys, how you guys feel about that. If you like, I'm like, yeah, he literally described himself. Well, and also Also, go ahead. I just want to point something out. And I don't know if like, this is just coincidence (laughs) or if there's something to it, but look at his first two draft picks this year. From Northwestern and from yep. Notre Dame. Do you think that's just coincidence or is Andrew Barry kind of like the smart guys? He likes the smart guy. hundred percent. My dad, my dad, my dad made that comment. Like he's only, he's He's going to be drafting based on GPAs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we got a Northwestern and Notre Dame in the first two. Oh, you might be onto something. Here's yeah, the those are really hard schools to get into regardless yes, of how you're getting in whether it's through athletics or academics those are very mm-hmm. tough schools to get into um but i think also i feel like people forget that gms probably have to have some degree of economics or business um in some way shape or form because they have to deal with salary and cap numbers like mm-hmm. andrew barry's gonna have a really tough decision because wyatt teller and nick chubb's contracts are up at the same time and that's gonna be a okay how do because i'm i'm sure he'll want to try to keep both but both are one gonna want to get paid so then you have the the tough decision of okay how can i keep these all of these players without 
trying to convince them that they need to be underpaid in order to stay here. So there's just, yeah, there's that human interaction that's part of it. There's that, that business sense, because I'll tell you what, people who are like really quick with salaries and cap space blow my mind because oh my I don't even know. I like, I can't even remember my credit card is due half the time. So like you just, there are so many elements required to be a general manager. And I, and yeah, you're right. Brie, like people forget that it's not just picking players. It's not. Yeah. yeah. Which I feel like is what our fan base tends to focus on. Obviously, you know, it's, it's like they, they rate Andrew Barry or a GM in terms of who they sign or who they draft, but it goes like, it goes obviously way beyond that. Like you can't just be good at, at that. And I think that's obviously what John Dorsey was good at. Like he could pick players. He could draft players Yeah. beyond mm-hmm. that. I don't know if, he was as good at all of those other things. Yeah. I mean, his well, people you're, you're still probably questionable. Yeah, You're seeing exactly. what happens like with the Cavs right now with Kobe Altman. Yep. You know, he's a great, great at drafting. He's, you know, hit on every one of them. Um, but people's problem with problem with him now, and I shouldn't say people, it's just fans who don't really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I shouldn't dislike you. <laughs> Sorry, but um, no, their their biggest complaint right now is that, you know, the the environment of the Cavs is so toxic. Everything around them is like burning and they said Kobe Altman doesn't have control of anything. And, it, you know, it, you see what happens when you don't have the kind of GM that not only is great with drafting and evaluating talent and getting the right pieces together, but also a manager because that's part of the title general manager that's you got to manage these guys so we're seeing that with the Cavs right now which i'm not even get into because it makes me so mad i can't even deal with it where did meredith go oh there she is <laughs> um yeah Brittany. i didn't put the Cavs in here for you but you thank you, you i can't i can't do them <laughs> i can't do them tonight i'm tired they're exhausting the fans fans are exhausting i just yeah. leave them away get them away from me okay all right well noted um the, uh, the another thing i wanted to touch on with andrew barry so he was obviously asked about this upcoming season obviously the roster that he's been improving this off season and he said a couple of things that obviously are gm speak but things that i i just thought like he's just so smart in the way that he approaches everything um, so he said, like, of course, every team is optimistic at this time in, in the year. Like, I, I totally, totally makes sense. Everybody feels good coming out of the draft, typically. Like, every team, every fan base feels really good about their position and the chance the chance to win in the upcoming season. But then he talked about what we're focused on right now is what we can control because so much can change over the next seven months. And it's so true. Um, we tend to think, like, obviously ahead, the schedule release comes out last week. And we are obviously already giving our predictions, what we think the Browns record is going to be, playoffs, AFC Championship, Super Bowl. Like, we're already thinking ahead. Obviously, the office, Andrew Barry, they are thinking of, like, we are still working to build this roster and finalize the roster. So just another really good reminder of just the mindsets between the actual front office and staff versus what a fan is traditionally thinking at this point in time. And he said, you know, obviously like the goal is to reach these milestones and make it to that point in the season. And he, he acknowledged it takes preparation, hard work, their favorite sayings. But then he also said a little bit of luck 
to reach that point, which I love that. Like, I do think like you do have to have a little bit of, of luck on your side when you get to that point or when you get to certain points in the season. And I do think the Browns probably experienced a little bit of that last year as well. Yes. I mean, what, four turnovers, five turnovers yeah. in the wild card it, game? You know, like that, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, and it's what you do with the luck because, yes. you know, all those fumbles from the Steelers in that wild card game could have easily been recovered by Steelers. Yes. You know, or it could have been, you know, or we the ball could have on it. Yeah. Or the ball could have gone out of bounds, which would have made it a Steelers ball just wherever it went out of bounds. So there are, there were moments where that ball was loose and, there were opportunities for it to go back to the Steelers and it didn't, you know, there, that, that was the luck was fumble or the missed pass or <laughs> big bed in the end zone, whatever you want to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then it was just the, it was just the Browns players recognizing and capitalizing on the luck. So yeah, like it's, it's a combination of everything and it's just knowing how to react when things swing your way and that's what the Browns were so good at last year. And I really hope that kind of thing continues this year because it just, there, there is no ceiling for this team right now. And it's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, he was pretty mum about everything else. Like they asked him about Baker Mayfield and the possibility of of extending him. Um, You know, he gave the typical answer of like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you that information of like what our approach is. It's, it's definitely unique from a, player standpoint um so that was really that was really all he said um but again it just is another like it just is so reassuring when you listen to him talk um in every interview every press conference just how prepared I think this team is going to be um as we head into a a pretty important season yes smart coach smart GM they're in good hands I feel a fun time to be a Browns fan I think that's part of the reason why everyone's like going at each other because everyone's just bored. There's yes, nothing to complain yes. about with the Browns. So we're just like, yeah. what? <laughs> Sorry, I was, no, I was talking about that with a coworker the other day because we were like, well, usually around this time of year, uh, someone is getting arrested or someone is saying something stupid publicly or they posted something dumb on social media. And there's none of that. Yeah, nothing. So, yeah. And I mean, and even though there's not as much media access as normal, like uh, media members are still not allowed in the locker rooms. Um, there was rookie camp last week. Media presence was still limited. Um, press conferences are still going on over Zoom. So access to the team from people on the outside is still limited. But even if it wasn't, I don't think there would be any of those off the field storylines that has driven the off season the past few years. No, there's just nothing. Yeah. What's Everyone's your saying? Behaving. What's your or wait? What's your saying, Brittany? When the monster eats itself, that's what's happening in brown water <laughs> right now. The monster is eating itself. itself. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it, like Browns fans don't know how to handle success because. Well, clearly we don't people. because we are literally arguing over toilets and selfies. That's how we're spending our free time now. Well, you're gonna have to arguing. explain that to me. I don't know what's going on. Okay, so what happened was <laughs> here we go. Everyone <laughs> do it. Popcorn. Do we need to get popcorn? Every time we're Ooh, I have pickle popcorn. Anytime we start a story with that, you know it's gonna be good. Yeah. Actually, okay. this is terrible. This is not a good story. But what had happened was somebody. A girl 
sent a picture, like she tweeted a picture of her in the bathroom of somewhere. And there was, it's a bathroom, so there was a toilet behind her. Because why wouldn't there be? It's a bathroom. So then this other girl. Oh, gosh. It all tied into the the plagiarism thing with with Nick. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, So this other girl that works for that that publication, um, she said, you know, this guy doesn't get shook over girls that take pictures with toilets <laughs> and now it's this whole What's phenomenon happening? where people are just taking pictures with toilets that's <laughs> how bored we are we need something to happen because we can't continue like this until september we're gonna oh kill each other so okay so let's let's bring this back to, to i don't know what to say. let's bring this back to football for just a second remember during the year and you can we can even go back and listen to our old pods but remember how every single time the Browns did something good and we now we blame Steelers fans for moving the goalposts. But during the season, it was the Browns fans moving the goalposts. Like, yes. oh, yeah. like, you know, yay, the Browns won. Oh, barely. The yes. Browns won. Yeah, yeah. It was a bad team. The Browns won. Make sure it's a meaningful game. Win a meaningful yeah. game. Oh, well, their offense sucked. Like, that's how it was every single week. And we addressed that every single week on the podcast of how every single time the Browns went, oh, they won a meaningful game. Well, but Baker wasn't lights out. So then the next game, Baker wasn't, you know, Baker was lights out. Well, this that, the like, every single time. And I remember saying, and we all said this was, it was just like Browns, like Browns fans don't know how to handle winning. They just, no, they just need it's to so find annoying. something. Like, yeah. Yeah. They just like need to find something to be upset, angry or complain about. And now this team is giving them nothing, nothing to be mm-hmm. upset about, nothing to be com- to to complain about. And since there's no games happening where people can argue, well, Baker only threw seven touchdowns instead of ten touchdowns. You know, Nick Chubb only ran for nine hundred ninety nine yards. Why couldn't he get that thousandth yard? You know, like that, like that kind of argument that we were dealing with last year. That's not happening right now because there's no games. So they have to find something. I think Browns fans just need to take a deep breath. The toilets are moving. I think they just need to go to therapy. Like, there's something yeah. wrong with these people. <laughs> Let's just be honest. This isn't normal grown adult behavior. Any of it. No, my nephews are more mature than this most of the time. It's like, I'm it's really happy. I, yeah, I, I miss the toilet thing. So thank you for filling me in on that. I think I'm, I'm sorry happy that I missed I, that. I'm sorry that those words had to leave my mouth. <laughs> any of them. Oh, we have someone. I have to read this comment from Australia. Did you know our toilet water spins in the opposite direction to yours? Because yes, I've heard that before, and I really want to go to. I really want to go to Australia just to see. Oh, I didn't know that. In the opposite direction, yeah, because they're in a different hemisphere than we are. I don't. Would I notice if a toilet water spun in a different direction? I, feel like I don't know what, what it spins. Is it clockwise now? Clockwise. Yeah, I think yeah. for us, it's which means it would spin counterclockwise in Australia. Huh. Look at that. Hi for hi Australia. David from Australia. David is so nice. Um, he's tuning in. <laughs> he he, um, he sent my kids a birthday message um, this past year. And my kids are big fans of Bluey, which is an Australian, like it's an Australian character voiced cartoon. Um, little dogs. It's the best. And mm-hmm. my kids think he is Bluey pretty much. So um, he's like a little celebrity, but he David is the nicest guy. So thanks, David, for tuning in. I love like random trivia facts like that so much. That's why I got so excited because when he brought it up, I like that type of thing 
gets me going. Like just bring up random nonsensical trivia. No, it's not that it's nonsensical, but just like out of the blue trivia. I love it. Absolutely love it. But meanwhile, like before the show, Meredith was like, I'm not reading the comments. I get distracted. <laughs> no, right? I ignore them. And then like literally someone was like, toilet water in Australia goes the opposite way. And she was like, I was yes, Meredith, we must turn off the comments. <laughs> no, we can't. If we're going to get fun facts from Australia, those comments are staying on. Oh, amazing. Do we have anything else we want to add about the toilet? Are we done with toilets? Are there any other I'm, fun I facts about toilets? I never want to look at a toilet again. Like, I'm so <laughs> over it. I just, I will go pee in the sink. <laughs> I had to pick up little dude today from preschool. I got the dreaded phone call from school of like, he's not feeling well. His stomach hurts. Like he's, he was laying on the floor at preschool. I went and picked him up and I got him home and like, he seemed fine. And then all of a sudden he came to me and he looked just like white as a ghost. Like he was going to throw up. So I took him to the toilet, obviously. And then he just laid next to it. So I have also had my fair share of toilets today. So I am also done with toilets. Did he ever actually throw up? No, he just laid there for like, I don't know, five minutes. And then I picked him up and he would just go through like random bouts of telling me his like stomach hurt, like just pain. I know. I don't know what's going on with him. He had a little fever. So hopefully he, he, uh, he knocks it tonight. He's supposed to have a big field trip tomorrow for school. So better. Um, I have also had my fill of toilets because so my parents are, are coming to visit. So after I got my second vaccine shot, my parents were like, all right, two weeks after your second shot, we're coming to visit. And I thought they were like joking that it was going to be a little bit longer. No, like they're coming tomorrow. And I'm so excited because I haven't seen them in a year and a half, but then I was also (gasps) like, yeah, so I'm so, so thrilled to see my parents, but also (laughs) I was like, oh crap, I have to clean my apartment. So I spent a good like two hours like on your toilet not just the toilet but I was like deep cleaning a lot of different things like the kitchen my bedroom the toilet so like when I turned off my camera a few minutes ago I had to go run to the bathroom um because I heard my cat back there and I wanted to make sure she wasn't getting into any of the chemicals that I used to clean um so yeah after like spending my entire afternoon trying to like just deep clean my whole apartment in preparation for my parents coming I have also had my fill of toilets today all right, enough toilet talk. We are done with toilets. We're done. We're, all, we're done. Yeah. We're done with the show. This is we're, this is enough. <laughs> we're done. We will carry over our last talk. We'll we'll talk. We can talk about J.C. Treader next episode. I'm sure yeah. there'll be more. more oh, to yeah. come out of that. There's there's a few topics. Maybe we should like tease next show because we definitely have to talk about J.C. Treader stuff. So for those of you who don't know, um, I mean, I'm sure most of you do. J.C. Treader has been pushing for a completely virtual off season. Uh, for a few weeks now, um, rookies did show up to rookie camp last week, but some of the veterans haven't been showing up. So one of the veterans that wasn't was Jawan James, who was an offensive tackle for the Broncos. And he tore his Achilles while he was like working out outside of the facility. And as a result, the Broncos cut him. Um, and now that has become a little bit of drama among the players, the PA, the NFL and everyone. And there has been, um, I have I have heard some players are not super thrilled with JC Treader. Um, JC Treader has penned letters um, on the NFLPA website, so you can go read it. So we definitely have to get into it next week because I have a lot of opinions on that. Um, there's also some baseball stuff that I want to ask you guys about, but I'll, I'll send it to you guys and see if you guys want to talk about it. But like, there, there are some weird things happening in baseball right now. 
And I kind of want to get your guys' opinions on them. Well, we will talk about that next week. We can also talk about sinks if we would like. Yes, that'll be next week's topic. We'll do sinks sinks. and dishwashers. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Perfect. So we will pick an appliance (laughs) and talk about it next week. So if anyone has any fun facts about sinks, let us know. Um, We thank you guys for tuning in tonight with us. Um, We are live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, so we'll hopefully continue to do this. You guys can check it out, check us out on any of those platforms. We have a Facebook page, Girl Gang Clee. So go go ahead and follow us there. Facebook is your thing. Our YouTube channel is also Girl Gang CLE. Um, and then obviously on Twitter, you can find us at our individual handles. Um, go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Odyssey. Odyssey. I always want to call it audacity. That's not right. It's not audacity. It's Odyssey. Um, Again, if you could rate rate and review us, we appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys all next week. 